Now, by tomorrow at this time, the outcome of the U.S. presidential election should be clear. For many Americans, it will be the conclusion to one of the most fractious and divisive election season in recent, uh, recent memory. On the eve of Election Day, Americans across party lines are holding their breath with hope, anxiety and even fear. We now turn to our Washington correspondent for the word on the street. It's just one day to go until Election Day. Fearing civil unrest after the ballots are counted, dozens of businesses in Washington, D.C. have boarded up their windows. On the streets, some are feeling hopeful about the future. Others say they have no idea what will happen next. I think he's doing a great job. I think with all the trade that he's been doing, the, the peace in the Middle East now, that uh, also with, you know, everybody's wages. I know I've finally seen a, you know, a raise come since, you know, it's probably been a while. I have to say for the first time ever, zero expectations, so hard to see what's coming up. Looking to the next four years, many U.S. residents say they hope the country will heal and that Democrats and Republicans can find common ground. Priority-wise, I think we got to get back to being a, a single nation uh, filled with a lot of diverse people that are proud to be here. I just want the country to heal. You know, four years later after this, Let's heal for four years and then we can move on. Because right now we are a divided country for sure between Republicans and Democrats. I think that we should maybe meet somewhere in the middle. The America of today seems to be a country divided. Some Americans fear the infiltration of communism in their society. But Lori Sperry, a former counselor for the city of Kenmore in Washington, says that at the core, everyone wants the same things. And we, you know, are not perfect. But now I feel like that everyone has been trained with, essentially it's a Marxist philosophy or a communist philosophy, and it's pitting different groups against each other. People want safe streets, they don't want to pay a lot of taxes, you know, they want opportunities for economic prosperity. And at the local level, it's all about traffic, trust me. <laughs> the issue of systemic racism in the U.S. has been a focal point this election. A black speaker at a Moms for Trump demonstration brushed the matter aside, saying Trump has been labeled a racist for political reasons. Reasons. I find it interesting that for 30 years President Trump has been in the public spotlight and it wasn't until he ran for president that all of a sudden he became a racist. It's just a convenient way to label somebody that so that you can divide. And he's done, a lot of his policies have been for all Americans and some of the things he's done in criminal justice reform with the help of the Congress and opportunity zones and what he's done for funding for historically black colleges and universities, it speaks for itself. The building behind me is the U.S. White House, the office and residence of the U.S. President. Trump's campaign team had originally planned to hold its election night party at the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. But due to local rules on the coronavirus, the potential celebration may be moved to the White House lawn, which has capacity for more than 1,000 people. Whether the Trump administration's actions over the past four years will earn him re-election and whether the recent allegations against Biden will impact his election results will all be seen on election night on Tuesday. Taiwan registered four more imported COVID cases on Tuesday. All were students in their teens or 20s who had arrived from France, the UK, Germany and the Philippines. That brings uh, Taiwan's case count since the start of the outbreak to 568. Only three days have passed in November, but already 12 people have arrived with COVID in Taiwan. Three of the cases on Tuesday came from Europe, reflecting the worsening situation in the continent. Authorities say six of the Southeast Asian arrivals diagnosed in the past three days were asymptomatic. 
A leading Taipei think tank has announced its first economic growth projection for 2021. And that's right. Uh, it's a highly confident one. The Taiwan Economic Research Institute expects GDP growth to surpass 4% next year. And that's even if COVID pandemic doesn't lift. The think tank also raises uh, 2020 growth forecast by 0.8 percentage points. Its growth forecast for this year is now 1.91% due to a surge of exports in semiconductors and electronic components. Even with the lingering pull of the pandemic, economists are upbeat over Taiwan's economic outlook in 2021. The Taiwan Economic Research Institute sees GDP growth hitting 4.01 percent next year. It's also raised its 2020 GDP growth forecast to 1.91 percent in a strong sign of confidence in the future of Taiwan's economy. All other Asian countries are seeing negative growth, so our export performance is considered very good. The next thing is investment. We've still had investment momentum this year, and last year there was tremendous investment growth. This year there's still momentum. The last thing is domestic consumption. We saw that pick up starting from the third quarter. Drilling down on exports, shipments of electronic components and semiconductors have surged this year, mitigating the effect of COVID on the economy. Looking ahead to 2021, Taiwan has more reason for optimism than many other countries. But there are plenty of factors that could hamper growth, chief of which is the trajectory of the U.S.-China trade war. 2021 is likely to be Taiwan's best year out of the next five years. It's all downhill after that, in the four years after 2021, because the battle for hegemony between the US and China will continue. So basically, since the US-China trade war, the GDP has been like this, a line trending down. Taiwan's economy and global geopolitics are closely linked. Another factor linked to Taiwan's GDP is the winner of the US presidential election, namely his fiscal and tax policies. We turn now to Jiayi County, which is famous for its mountains, its farms and its drones. That's the hope, at least. The Jiayi County Commissioner has signed a memorandum of understanding with eight drone companies and the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology. They're planning to turn Jiayi into a hub for drone production and development. Let's hear from the Commissioner. I hope that 10 years from now, we can prove that this was a major event for Jiayi, because we hope that the drone industry can flourish in Jiayi in the future. Of course, this base would be built in the National Chengshan Institute of Science and Technology's Aviation Park. There's also a lot of heroes of the drone industry here in Jiayi. Starting next year, the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology will station more than 100 people in the National Taiwan University of Sport campus in Taibao to research and make drones. In the future, the focus will be on Mingxiong. After we purchase land, we will move all the drone R&D facilities there. The Jiayi County government also intends to start developing drone industry talent. It plans to seek funding from the central government to build Taiwan's very first drone institute. And there was good news today for myself and our whole news team here at FTV. Celia? Right. The nominations are out for the 25th Asian Television Awards, which recognize outstanding TV production and performance across the Asia-Pacific. This year, FTV won 15 nominations. So exciting. That's the most of any station in Taiwan. FTV is shortlisted in categories including Best News Program, Best News Presenter, Best Current Affairs Program, and Best Single News Story. 
Winners will be announced at an awards ceremony on January 15th and 16th. The 25th Asian Television Awards and this milestone celebration will be broadcasted by Cambodia's Bion TV channel. Leading professionals from TV stations across Asia will converge next January at the 25th Asian Television Awards Ceremony, which will be held in Cambodia. This year, FTV has scored 15 nominations. FTV's Chinese language evening news show won a nomination for Best News Program for its coverage of the 2020 presidential election. The English language Formosa News was nominated in the same category for its program Faces of the Coronavirus Fight. In the category of Best Current Affairs Program, Taiwan containing a pandemic by Taiwan history has earned a nod. Meanwhile, Election Observatory is on the shortlist for Best Infotainment Program. The frontline heroes of Taiwan's response to COVID-19 are the nurses who work in quarantine ward. Formosa News anchor Ken Lee is a finalist for Best News Presenter. Also from Formosa News, reporter Stephanie Yang's feature titled The Ethics of Animal Cafes is in the race for Best Single News Story. All told, FTV's news division raked in seven nominations. Its entertainment programming also won big. TV personality Chen Meifeng and actors Cheryl Yang and Yogurt Lee each won a nomination for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Their male co-stars Frankie Huang and Xia Jingting were shortlisted for Best Lead Actor. Renee Ho and Li Zhiqing are each in the running for Best Supporting Actress, while Golden Bell winner Sean Sun is up for Best Supporting Actor. These eight actors were recognized for their roles in FTV's popular series The Story of Three Springs, The Mirror, and The Rootless. This year, FTV earned the most nominations out of any Taiwan TV station in a mark of distinction for its quality productions. The Ministry of Education's annual vocational skills competition starts Tuesday. The Ministry of Education held a press conference and invited the previous winners of the competition to perform. According to Minister of Education Pan Wenzhong, a total of 2,744 vocational high school students have signed up for the competition this year. The winners and runner-ups in each category will receive subsidies to study abroad and will also secure a spot in a technical college. The students pull the sugar carefully, transforming it into the shape of a chef. Students must wear insulated gloves, as the candy sometimes reaches temperatures as high as 60 degrees Celsius. These two students are from the National Kaohsiung University of Hospitality and Tourism. They were invited to announce the opening of this year's competition. I was the winner of the National Skills Competition in the 2016 academic year. Whenever I finish a product, I don't feel tired. I feel very much fulfilled. I am very happy when I see my own work. Piping is a new category. In addition to some new projects, the number of students who have registered has increased. In the past, it was mainly students from national and public schools who participated. 
This year, many private school students have signed up as well. In order to improve technical and vocational educational programs, the Ministry of Education has worked with schools to strengthen their curriculum. It's also encouraged students to participate in technical and vocational competitions in Taiwan and abroad. Starting in 2015, the Ministry of Education began sponsoring the winners of each of the five competition categories to go overseas and gain experience at companies in their fields. In 2019, the MOE also began sponsoring the second-place finishers. However, due to the pandemic this year, the ministry will postpone travel plans to winter and summer 2021. Since the 2019 academic year, we have allowed the first and second-place winners to study overseas. The number of students has increased from 65 to 130. These students not only get the chance to study abroad, but can also secure a spot in a technical college. A total of 2,744 vocational high school students have signed up for the annual vocational skills competition to be held from November 3rd. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Wu Dongmao in Taipei. It's getting colder and comfort food might be in the cards for fall nights. One Taipei restaurant has a menu based on cheesy gratins, the ultimate comfort food. But the dishes are an unusual fusion of Korean, Taiwanese, and Italian. If you've ever wondered how the Taiwanese classic Sanbeiji would work as a pasta dish, look no further. You ordered spaghetti, so what's this bread doing here? But open it up, and inside the cheesy filling is a stash of kimchi spaghetti. Mop up the cheese with the bread. Spicy pickled meat sizzles in the pan. Then in goes the kimchi, juice, and extra chili. The spaghetti is doled straight into the bread pocket and drenched in cheese. Then it's into the oven to become molten lava. In general, overseas, they usually put soup in the bread. I wanted to make a restaurant based on baked gratin. So I thought of this and I chose kimchi pork spaghetti, which goes pretty well with cheese. Spaghetti can go Taiwanese with a sambeji sauce. Chicken is doused in soy sauce, sesame oil, and wine and fried to a golden crisp. Spring onions and button mushrooms are joined by chili sauce, then more oil and wine and Chinese basil. How do you put some of the elements of Sanbeiji chicken noodles into a spaghetti dish? We made the soy sauce, oil, and wine combination, and then fried it all, and it ends up tasting like Sanbeiji. For dessert, donuts made of millet, softer and springier than classic wheat-based donuts. This restaurant offers a Korean-Taiwanese fusion your taste buds have never met before.